Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. ¿Qué pasa, campeones? So welcome to Churros e Tacticas Podcast. It is Monday, the 11th of January, 2021. And myself and Kian Sobani are here to discuss the Liga's action. Granada against Barca, where we saw once again a fantastic Messi reappear. And he's officially back, folks. He's back. Back to maybe get Barca uh, to at least push somewhat for a title race. Maybe that's a little bit too much to ask. Maybe for a Champions League title race. Whereas Real Madrid over in the north against Osasuna literally got cold feet. And we're not to put, we're not able to put any goals past Osasuna, despite Hazard being back in the starting eleven. And I already introduced the man, the founder of the podcast, here to introduce or here to go through it all. Is perhaps a disappointed Kian Sobani? How you doing, my man? I'm doing good, all things considered. Uh, how are you enjoying the the snow? I guess you guys didn't get hit with the snow, did you? It only we it didn't was, get hit. No, no, cold though. Big big disappointment on my son. He <laughs> he asked uh, uh, two things for Reyes for three kings. He asked a bicycle and some snow. Uh, he got the bicycle, good. but he didn't get the snow. Everywhere else, it's it's yeah, it's absolute madness in Spain. It is uh, <laughs> it is crazy watching this. Just the sh- the shitstorm from a Canadian perspective, because this is just this is just everyday life for us. I'm so desensitized to it, and when I see people get snow and freak out, I'm like, "Well, what did you expect? This is what it is. This is what our everyday life is like." But as I noted on yeah. the Managing Madrid podcast, is that you guys, because it's so rare for you, especially that kind of like I've seen snow in Madrid. I've 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 walked in snow in Madrid. But that's not right. snow. That is that. that is like Canadian snow <laughs> Canadian. you guys got. And <laughs> yeah, even exactly. even we are sometimes ill-prepared for it. I just thought my favorite no. clip of the whole snow thing was that somebody somehow was able to quickly form like a dog. Did you see that clip where there's like, it's like a dog sled where he has like six six yes. dogs carrying? How did he, he even I like form it. that? That, that was impressive. That's got to be the greatest thing that's come out he, of this. He must have been like... 
an Alaska native that that lives in Madrid or something like that. That has just a stash of like huskies like in his house and a sled just in case. He was waiting his <laughs> whole life for that moment. Incredible. <laughs> I also enjoyed you the snowball fight in um I think it was somewhere in Madrid Plaza del Sol maybe that I, I that broke out. That was kind of cool too. That's cool. I like it's good. I saw a video of, of- of the Getafe players pushing uh, a car out of the snow. I saw that. That was pretty funny, too. Did you see Yannick Carrasco roll up in a Fiat Panda to training today? He, like, borrowed it from his friend uh-huh. because apparently it's, like, his friend was, like, this drives well in the snow. Take this to training. That was a that was a moment. Not a good idea. Apparently he got there safely, so I that's all that matters. I imagine Fiat Panda's not good. I don't know, but it looked oh, kind of funny. <clears throat> so... Mm. Now it wasn't, of course, good for for some of the. Uh, there were a lot of uh, uh, talking points. I don't want to jump ahead of myself, but we, we, with regards to, you know, this this uh, the bad weather, the snowy weather. Uh, I'm in particular thinking about actually the um, the, the the Barça Femini, the Barça women's team, who had to actually travel under very uh, dangerous conditions. Um, and Real Madrid, of course. I mean, there's a whole lot to say about. Uh, well, I mean, apparently this has been a debate. I, 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 again, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead of myself. No, I didn't really get the debate with regards to the quote-unquote, you know, uh, bad weather or, or, or supposedly the bad pitch in Osasuna. For me, for for what I saw, I mean, I'd seen pitches in way worse conditions, and and I didn't really understand the complaints so much. With regards to you know that game actually going ahead and being played, no, I don't think the complaint was about the pitch itself. Look, I'm sure the pitch wasn't perfect, but as you've mentioned, there are far worse pitches. As Cruz mentioned after the game, Osasuna played on the same pitch as us, so we have no excuses. And Zidane said after the game over and over again, no excuses, no excuses, no excuses. The complaints were not about the pitch. The complaints about like why did we have to travel in the first place? When we're on the runway for four mm. hours, not knowing if the plane can take off, defrosting the thing, sitting there like sitting ducks, and then feeling mm. unsafe about it, and then having to go there, and then not being able to also come back the same night. I, I believe they, they left this morning. They were able to finally fly back. So I think th- those were the complaints that they, they felt that the game shouldn't have gone ahead. Now, there was also... They, uh, had, to, they had to stay one more night in a five-star hotel, you mean? Poor guys. <laughs> I look. I I agree with you. I I also think like that when when we talk. I'd love to be stuck in Pamplona for a night in my hotel. That'd be cool. That'd be nice and cozy, it's nice so and fun snug. City. Um, but obviously they're not going to enjoy the city in any way. Um, they're just they're just. Uh, I'm sure they'd rather be sitting home. But I I understand your your sarcastic take. I agree with you. I think it's silly. But um, I do agree with them that the game shouldn't have been played. You know, like when when Athletic can't. Really? F- well. Look, Put it this way: When Athletic couldn't fly into Madrid to play that game at the Wanda, why can Real Madrid yeah. fly out the same day? Like what you know, they again, it wasn't ideal conditions, and yeah, um, Real Madrid Femenino's game also got postponed. Uh, Barcelona, you just mentioned, had to make a dangerous trip. Barcelona's Femenino team, and so it's not like ideal to play in this stuff. Uh, La Liga. La Liga has come back and said, like, look, if you wanted this game to not go ahead, you could have requested that. But I just think that's a little bit of a lame cop-out. Like, to me, it's a systemic thing. It, has, it shouldn't have to do with, like, when you send your kids to go to school, you don't, you don't sit there like an idiot and call the school and be like, cancel the school. The school does it. That's a systemic thing. Like, no. So I don't, I don't carry the way. Look, Real Madrid was just bad that day. Um, no excuses. 
No, no excuses, but okay. I don't think the game should have gone ahead either. So, okay, yeah, that no, that's I'm, my I'm take. Glad on to it. hear your your side of it. Yeah, okay, and I, I I agree for most part. I think you know if, and I don't know what the conditions were for you know Atletic for, to to land in in Madrid. I don't know what the conditions were at the time. Uh, you know, obviously Madrid has been all over the news, and we see just how bad it is, uh, or what by bad I mean just how snowy it is. And uh, how, I guess, incompetent, really, the airport is, Barajas is, and, and, and the city is as well when, when, with, when it comes to dealing with these situations, right? Mm-hmm. But it's something that, a uh, rare occurrence that every decade or so, uh, you know, Spain gets faced with, and, and then another 10 years pass before there's snow again in Spain, and it just catches everybody off guard. Uh, when I so again I, I bring that up because I don't know what the conditions were on the runways, but when I saw the condition on the field, I thought, you know, goddamn! I was like, respects to to Osasuna for actually having cleared the pitch because it looks looks all right. I mean, it doesn't look that bad. So I was kind of taken aback when I did hear the you know, hear some of the complaints, which I thought were more aimed at. at uh, when it comes to Zizou, um, Zizou's statements were more aimed at, at, for having played the game. Uh, on that, I, I thought again after he was referring more to the state of the pitch as opposed to actually having taken off uh, from uh, Barajas in the first place. Uh, yeah. My big takeaway, though, is you know, I, and 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 I was very eager to get on this podcast with you, not because of the fact that. You know, Barca are now three points behind Real Madrid and third. And uh, look, man, uh, let's be honest here. Uh, giving a good impression and, and, and showing progress uh, over the last few games and, and climbing up the uh, league standings. But I was left more, you know, I, I was anxious to get on this pod because I have a lot of questions for you. I have a lot of questions for you for this game based on what I saw, based on what I've been reading since then, because I... Again, I'm just. I want to know from, you know, the most renowned international Madridista, exactly if he agrees with the headlines that I'm reading. I mean, is Kian? Is this team? Is this Real Madrid a team without talent and without a plan? First of all, if I'm the most internationally renowned Madridista, then that's that's. Come on, man. That's bad I gotta news. Big you up, boy. There's. Uh, I gotta big you up. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. But uh, far from it. But who? Who is a, a renowned Real Madrid journalist like that, that focuses in international again? Huh? I mean, there's not that many. Kian, you're in there. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you're the Thomas most Thomas Roncero, Roncero, whatever, whatever his last Roncero. name is. Roncero. I said it, <laughs> I said international. <laughs> the, the the emphasis was on international journalists. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's you, baby. Go. I, because, I want... and, and, and again, the reason the reason I'm bringing this up is because I, I I'm reading a lot. It's it, it's funny when it comes to Real Madrid, right? Every time Zizou's up against the ropes, he, he, he you know he produces a miracle. Madrid bounce back. They go through the Champions League knockout phases. They're back in La Liga. They close the gap. They win the Derby and they win a couple of games on the trot. You know, pumping uh, the euphoria in in the fan base. And then the next time things go bad and, and, and you know, you're reading about 
Hazard, talentless, Vinicius, useless, Odegaard has never arrived, Asensio hasn't been good since before his injury, uh, Valverde from last season, I mean, puto crack, this season he's, he's disappeared. What, what's going on? What is going on? Is so, this a team with no talent or is there no plan or is it a combination of both? Plan. But so, so someone had tweeted out uh, a graphic about like, you know, the best chance creators in La Liga this season. And it was a typical Messi's mm. on, on his own level and his own universe and his own reality. He's just doing his own thing. His like worst season. Yeah. He's like, so ultimately you just kind of need to have an own, another chart that has like just him. And then you have the right. mortals on a separate chart. But I, my, I thought immediately like if this, if this was tweeted out last season at this time, you know who would have been on his own level? Odegaard. That was Odegaard last season. And um, and it's just crazy. So this, by the way, I just want to really quickly go back before we go too far away from the subject. I also, okay. while I don't think the game should have gone ahead, I also, I also think that some of the stuff that Zidane said was a bit crazy. And I thought he was a little bit of a, he was... I just I was I was watching that press conference and I thought he looked more aggravated than he's been in a long time. I think that probably had to do with yeah. a little bit of bad energy stemming from like you know it's not fun sitting on a runway for four hours while your plane is being de-iced and you're like I don't want to do this I don't want to be here. So I whatever whatever was fueling that mindset he was in, but he he also said like that wasn't a football game like come on this is we're not we're not playing in a volcano we're just you know. Just put some puts. First of all, half your team wasn't even wearing gloves and they're wearing short sleeves. So, like, if it was that bad, you would at least dress up a little bit. That's so. Yeah. I think he was just a bit coming from a crazy place in that in that post game press conference. But you know what? The biggest concern I have, Diego, um, and there's a lot yeah. of great points in what you just said. One, also, like, yeah, that is a cycle. You know, Real Madrid plays a few games good in a row, and everything is okay, and all the Everyone comes out. We told you Zidane. You got to trust Zidane. And then there's a, a few games that are uninspiring in a row against teams that aren't as good as you on paper. And and then it's the other opposite camp that comes out. If I had to lean one way or the other, I'd lean towards like the, the side that says Zidane just needs to have better plans and better ideas. Um, yeah. Right. Okay. And and I don't, you know, like the fact that Real Madrid plays better against good opponents, that's great. Uh, ultimately, that's not going to yeah. win you league titles. And I think that the Odegaard thing, the it does. A couple of weeks ago, I was asked about like, does this worry you that Odegaard's not playing? My answer was no, because he's been well, injured. I, 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 it was my question. Right. So, thank you. I honestly, people ask me questions. I don't remember who asked me questions, but <laughs> uh, if you, I, my, I think my answer like a couple of weeks ago was like. Well, I'm not worried because he's I been. Said, I, mm. Go ahead. No, I said. I, I said. How much credit or, or how much time or, or how much time and patience, I guess, or, or, do you have with him, or are you willing to give him? Right. Okay. But well, so you framed it in a different way. So what's somebody else who asked me that question? Because your your question was more framed like, are you worried about him? The other question I was referring to was like, are you worried that he's not playing? And I think, like, my answer to you would have been, I'm not worried about him because he's good. He's a great player. Like, I'm not worried about that side of things. The fact that he started slow was because, well, he actually played good in his limited time, but also because he got injured. So he kind of lost momentum from that from that perspective. But the my question, like, the question of, like, are you worried about Zidane not playing? And my answer also for that was no a couple of weeks ago. But now it it's, I'm a little bit worried. I mean, the the, the biggest problem I have with this, Diego, is that, 
Zidane always says um, everyone is important. You know, it's not it's not a matter yeah. of this player is good or bad or whatever. Yeah. Everyone is important. That's his always like his political answer. Always. But Let's the problem back, yeah. is that while everyone is important, like, aren't you worried that if you call on someone who plays once every two months that they're just not going to perform yeah. and it's not their fault? It's not their fault if they don't yeah. perform because they're not they have no rhythm. Yeah. And then you're going to outcast them yeah. for another couple of months and you're going to say that he's important. Well, he has important, but exactly. at least treat him like a treat him like an important player then. Exactly. How many times? How many yeah, games are you going to start Modric in a row? He's like eighty-five. Yes, 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 Kian. This is what I want to hear from you, Kian. I love that you're because just a cheerleader me, right now. No, because I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I was waiting for you to kind of like, you know, I guess put down your fist and say enough is enough. Because for, if there's one thing clear to me at this point is that Zizou has been showing us that, you know what, he doesn't trust the new guard very much, and he prefers the more veteran and older player a whole lot more uh than these younger you know inexperienced and uh, talents that he has under his ranks which uh, again on paper are very exciting you talk about you know Vinicius Odegaard you mentioned just now Valverde as well who last season is particularly in that first half of the season he was great know, took us all by storm and 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 at the moment you know you're seeing uh, not not a whole lot ro- of rotations he's using the same 10 11 players uh a lot more consistent than 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 you would expect and you would hope for if you're in Madridista Jovic is the other one that like please send that dude on loan before he just evaporates into thin air and he just disappears cuz you that they just these guys these kids need to play that's the thing like if you're not going to play them yeah and it's nice to pat yourself on the back and say well we we have depth we're going to use them they're all important that's not depth that's just these those guys yeah. are just they're just in the cave they're they're caged they're yeah. not that's not depth that's not depth so don't yeah. don't label it as important players then if you're not going to use them they're not important that's it if you don't trust them do they're know, not important do you, many, do you know how many minutes Odegaard has played in the last 5 matches Zero? Five. <laughs> I honestly don't even remember those five, five minutes. minutes, really, to be honest, off the top of my head. The fact that he even just gets a five-minute thing is... Was it like... It must have been just like a time, uh, substitution just to kind of time waste a little bit or delay the clock a little bit. Nothing significant. It's crazy. It's crazy. You're and he's been healthy. The player that lit, and he's been healthy. And you're talking about the player that was the leader of a very informed, exciting Real Sociedad who also took... You know, La Liga and Europe by storm uh, last season, the most exciting. By, by that, I mean they were one of the most exciting uh, teams to watch in, in Europe last season. Uh, and he's what? The sixth choice mid, uh, central midfielder at this point, would you say? Sixth? Um, sixth? I mean, sixth. I don't. it's hard to put that into kind of a solid depth chart kind of ranking. But, like, you know, Isco came in last game over Odegaard. Mm-hmm. And Isco was fine, yeah. and I'm, you know, no issues like in a, in a, in a way. But again, this was arguably the greatest creator, and from an analytical perspective, he was the greatest creator in the league for half the season last year until he got injured. So um, he needs to play. He needs to play. Um, so that's uh, that. There's no doubt. So, what about another player? I wanted to ask you about. Uh, don't want to be opportunistic or not too much at least uh, this was his first game back or his first game as a, in the starting 11 since uh, I think it was the end of November uh, of course he's been injured and I'm talking about Adam, uh, Eden Hazard um, what, what do you 
you know, what are your expectations at this point? Can I go so far as to say, let me frame it this way. Looking at three players that came in over the summer of 2019, Joao Felix to Atletico, Griezmann to Barca, and Eden Hazard from Chelsea to uh, to Real Madrid. Of those three, and Eden Hazard by far the most disappointing and worst signing. Of those three, yeah, I mean Joao Felix is a clear number one. He's there's no that's that's number one, but clear number one. Griezmann's actually contributed. You know, I know it hasn't been like a runaway success with Griezmann, but he's been playing well now. I mean, he's, he's he looks good right now, mm. does he? Does he not? He looks good, right? He's looking good. He's yeah, looking good. Um, good. he's looking more confident. Four, three, three. He's doing good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously, the biggest stumbling block for Hazard has been his health. If if Hazard had Felix's health and Griezmann's health, then maybe maybe he's one or two. So I, yeah. I just just to be fair to him, like he just hasn't been able to get rhythm and you know so he's, you, you put it mm. down to his injuries yeah i mean i have no i actually thought he was good against osasuna i mean the whole team lacked the final product mm. but him and Asensio were the only two people doing anything offensively like they were actually dribbling past people they were shooting everyone else like Intrative, benzema put yeah. up a dud um and we didn't really get contribution from our fullbacks in this game so so that was and again this is why like odegaard solves a lot of issues here because he actually can can do things and and break lines and play that incisive pass and shoot and cut in and control and press like all that stuff you can do. So I I, I have no issue with Hazard. You know sometimes when he when he's I think your bar is low. My bar is low, for sure. There's no doubt my bar is low. Um, I also think like I was writing in my column today, which I haven't released yet, but like with Hazard, it's just we always say like oh he's back and then. We get a, a few weeks of him, and then like by the third or fourth week, you kind of feel like he's getting back into it, you know, and then he's gone again. Mm. And that's that's the bail, that was the bail issue. And remember, like, mm. when was it? That's this season where he scored from like thirty-five yards. He had a really nice shot, and everyone was yeah. like really excited because that's the kind of individual yeah. brilliance we need because our offense stinks, and like at least he can like do things that no one else can do. And then we lost him again. I mean, that's an issue, and so. Go, going back full circle, this this may or may not surprise you, but whether it does or not, it should at least worry you. That same chart I was talking about that was tweeted out with Messi in his own universe, the best Real Madrid creator, Lucas Vasquez. And that's who we're relying yeah, on right now. Right. Oh, well, that, <laughs> Which is good because I'm fine, I like him, but that can't be your biggest mm, weapon. That can't be it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't have... Uh, I read earlier today an article where they talk about you know the 200 and something million in talent Real Madrid have sitting on the bench or just not fulfilling expectations. Uh, yeah, that can't you know, fall on the shoulders of Lucas Vázquez to 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 pull that talent uh, uh, along and 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 you know uh, reach the team's objectives. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned before. Madrid, and and that's a really interesting point and and a astute observation on your part as well, that they play a lot better against, quote unquote, better opposition. I, I, I'm going to rephrase that and say, opposition that are higher up the the league table. Um, the reason being is because I was looking at a, a a chart before hitting record where I noticed that of the bottom, 
so from A bar down, so from 14 down, which you're looking at teams like A bar, Alaves, Real Valladolid, Getafe, Elche, Osasuna, Huesca, now, with the exception of Getafe, because uh, Madrid beat Getafe with a goal from Hazard, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe that was the one I was thinking about. I can't remember. Maybe that was the one. Uh, they've picked up eight of eight points of a possible. What is that? Eight, two, eight, three, so eight, eight of eighteen points against the bottom tier teams. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's, a, that's, that's a, quite telling. That's a bad sign. An, I mean, Madrid just don't have an answer for teams that close themselves off well. Close themselves off well. Excuse me. And you know what's funny? Like. To take that stat to another level, because you mentioned not big teams, but teams higher up the table. Atletico mm. closed himself better than anyone in Europe, and Real Madrid beat right. them. So I don't know if it's mm. a mental mm. thing or the occasion. Like you look at Osasuna in this game, they weren't defending that well. I'm impressed with them because it's freaking Osasuna, and with all due respect to them, and Elche is another one. They like they did what they had to do. They did what they had to do. Elche, from an analytical point of view. Dead last in every possible category a team can rank last in in La Liga. Like, heading into that Real Madrid game. They made it really difficult for Real Madrid. And, I, I, you know, oddly enough, Real Madrid looked way more comfortable against Atletico than they did against Elche. And um, yeah. so, and Osasuna, it's, they defended okay. They defended well. I mean, you know, let me, okay, let me be, be a bit more fair and more respectful. They defended so well that Real Madrid's XG was the lowest it's been since February 2015. That's that's a good oh, defensive wow. team. You, oh, I don't. You didn't see that. Oh, that stat blew my mind when I saw no. it. Because in my head, I had no. thought of like, okay, it can't be worse than I thought of two games. One was against Alaves. One was against Getafe in the last couple of years. And I went and checked back on both those games. And yeah, and those games from an offensive standpoint were still better than this one against Osasuna. But but Osasuna also gave Real Madrid a lot of space. Like, you know, Mendy and Vasquez and Asensio and Hazard, they had a lot of space to work with on the wings. And, like, nothing, they just couldn't take advantage of anything. And so, if that's Atletico Madrid, is that a, I, I would almost bet that that's a better, they, they score if that's Atletico doing the same thing. So, I don't know what's going on mentally with this team. But those are the games, man. Those are the games that just have not been good. What is your what is your I mean what's your I guess hope for the season at this point? You know I, I often talk about you know our, our objective being qualifying in the in, in the top four. What what is your what is your realistic hope? If they, if this team finishes worse and than I, all competitions, huh? all competitions, so include Copa and, and Champions, everything. Sorry, do just the way that Ramja play. In mm. Copa, I don't have. I don't think they're going to win Copa, unless they, unless they start drawing like every big team possible and they take it seriously. I don't think they're going to win Copa. I'd love to win Copa. I don't think they're going to win Copa because they just don't. Could, could save the, the season. Could save Zizou's season. If Copa saves you the season, well, I don't know. But from a league perspective, I remember Copa saving your season. <laughs> I when and when. I honestly don't remember. When, when Ramos dropped it off of the bus, you guys won Copa that year. It was it looked like you guys won the Champions League. Was that the year we beat Barca in the final? Us, yes, yes. Was that yes. the Bale one? Bale versus Barca, that one? Yes. Mm. yes. Yes, yes, yes. Well, we were actually good that season, though, in general. Like, it wasn't just a Copa win. 
that was the was that the that the Carlo Ancelotti season where they went to the, I think they went to the semifinals of the Champions League too and they lost to the Morata goal. No, so they were they were good that season. It's not I'm not No, gonna... that was that was Mourinho. Wasn't that Mourinho? No, no, I no. That was Mourinho. No, no. Mourinho was no. 2012. That was the, you're talking about the Ramos the Ronaldo header in extra time. That was different than the Bale oh, extra shit. time. Yeah. You lost so yes. many times to us in Copa finals. I, I don't I don't I don't oh, blame you for. Uh <laughs> if so this season they can't finish any if they if they finish under second, I'd be disappointed. Like if you if you're asking them to finish mm-hmm. first place in this season, where Atletico have three games in their hand and their first place already, three. that's going to be hard to catch yeah. up on. Do you know by any chance like what the games in hand for Atletico are? Like who they're playing against? Uh, are you putting me on the spot? Or are you? Well, I don't know the answer either, so uh, I'm on the spot too. Oh, okay. Um, well, hold on. I'll, I'll try to find out, but bottom line is, if Atletico win those three games, I think it's uh, um, that's that's a mountain that I don't think you can climb. Now, is it possible? So they're playing Athletic, Sevilla, Eibar, Valencia, Cádiz, Celta, Granada, Levante, Levante, Chelsea, and then Real Madrid again. But I'm more curious to know what those yeah. three specific games in hand are. Just Those three makeup games. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't uh, really matter. We can just look at the overarching schedule. But if they win all three of those games, which look, that's not inconceivable. Like some people have said, well, they may not win all those games, so let's not get ahead of ourselves. But we can also say they may win those games because they've been great this season. They have one loss all season. They've con- they've conceded six goals all season. That's insane. Wow, you know what the next best defense is after that? Um, I think it's Sevilla with 13 goals. So... Mm. There's a case for them to win all those games. And if they do, wow. that is um, 47. That's a 10-point lead over Real Madrid if they win all those games. And that's assuming Real Madrid mm. don't lose any of those any games to fall further behind. Um, so, I, you know, so Real Madrid, I don't think I'm going to finish first this season. You know, possibly I would love to be wrong about that. But I would be really upset if they drop below second. So mm-hmm, and in the Champions mm-hmm. League, who knows? It's a, there's a lot of variables in the Champions League. So at this point of the course. season, my expectation is something like second place and a solid run in the Champions League, which I would like to just the process must be good. That's my bar. Definitely beat Atalanta, okay. but I'd be on that. I don't know what happens. Depends on who they draw, I guess. Yeah, this is seems, that right? That seems that seems about right. I mean. Uh... I would never, of course, discount Real Madrid for a Champions League uh, win, regardless of how uh, sure. dire the situation is over in the Bernabeu. But uh, for La Liga, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's been lights out for me. It's been uh, an end of a uh, of this season story at least since since quite a while, as I've been uh, very open about on this podcast. So yeah, I was just more more curious to know again your your perspective on that. And and you talk about if they don't fall further behind. I mean, I. I I think that's a given. I mean, I think we will see Real Madrid and other teams uh, fall further behind Atletico uh, because I think more teams will adopt the strategy of uh, the lower tier teams in La Liga and just close up, seeing just how how much problems that causes uh, Zizou's men, right? Um, And that lack of ideas that uh, you accused them of uh, as well earlier, it's, it's, it's just become so evident that, uh, you know, I'm definitely expecting them to drop more points. Yeah. All I'm hoping is, you know, to see if, if we can see Barca leapfrog them, which given how uh, 
they beat uh, their opponents over the weekend, I think, is is possible. So do, are you a, a bigger believer in Barca now than you were earlier in the season? Hey, man, look, if, if this progress continues, uh, I mean, this was, you know, four goals against Granada before we beat Atleti Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Atletic, uh, of course, with, with Marcelino, who had just come in, um, are going through their fair share of, of uh, trials and tribulations and, and trying to find uh, themselves this season. But, uh, but you know, I think it's fair to say that these are good teams, and um, especially Granada at their own home ground, uh, putting four past them, I think is nothing to snuff at. And, and you'll have to forgive me to feel a little bit optimistic for... Yeah, seeing the progress. And, and again, last time we spoke uh, ahead of this game, I said, you know, that I don't know what to expect. Uh, can Barca kind of build on this progress that we saw against uh, Aleti Club? And I think they did against Granada. So, yeah, I'm, I'm at the moment I'm feeling optimistic. I'm, I'm also feeling quite optimistic seeing how Kuman I think, is... Uh, uh, excuse me, the family just walked in so excuse the screams but welcome uh, seeing that i think he is uh, uh, rectifying and and knowing how to make adjustments and learn from his mistakes and, and it seems that the 433 formation is is uh, coming into fruition and, and and being the go-to formation and plan that kuman is adopting and uh, i think the re- results are are you know quite astonishing and, and, and very clear for that matter. I think we're seeing the best Messi that we've seen all season. That, that, that goes without saying. Last time on the podcast, I mentioned joint Pichichi. Now we can definitively say he is the one and sole Pichichi, for the moment at least, that yeah. I'm sure he will continue to capitalize on. You talked about his stats and being in his own uh, universe. And, and again, I mentioned in, in, in passing there, in his worst season, which is the case. Um, and, you know, we're seeing uh, a Griezmann that is also coming into his own and, and, and feeling more comfortable, I guess, in the position that Kuman is giving him. We're continuing to see a Dembélé that uh, is an important player on this team, very important, um, you know, making an, a, a good impact and, and having the continuity as well that he needs in order to continue to uh, have that important impact, something that we talked about before some of the players at Real Madrid, I think, need as well, because that is the fundamental thing, right? Players need minutes in order to get adjusted to their teammates, get to know their teammates, get to understand really the system and the things that the manager is asking from them. Uh, it's all good and well to to put that into pr- practice out on the training pitch. But when push comes to shove and it's uh, the game and points are on the line, uh, to just put a player in there, to throw him in there with 15 minutes left, that that's not, you know, you're not doing the player or yourself or the team, for that matter, any favors. So I'm just very happy to see Dembélé, you know, getting that continuity that he wasn't under, for example, Valverde. Um, yeah. You know, Pedri, etc. I mean, De Jong as well is continue, continues to be monstrous. So I think if these players... Uh, continue this progress and, and, and continue to be have you know an important impact on uh, uh, under Kuman, then I think yeah I can be optimistic that we could hopefully leapfrog uh, Real Madrid. We're just three points behind at this point, and and with the entire second half of the season still left to play for, so I'm I'm, I'm gonna cross my fingers and and hope. Well, I think the process has been really good for Barcelona the last couple of games. You know, like one of the things that happened mm-hmm. last couple of seasons before this one was when Barcelona would win, we would say, okay, they won, but it wasn't great. And it looked like 
this tells us that if this happens it gets a better team it's going to be lights out and it was against Bayern but I think the last couple of games yeah. we can actually talk about how like they, no it's actually been it's looked good on the pitch and what I think about Barcelona too is like especially watching them play when we're talking about like Real Madrid lack of ideas I think Barcelona do well at creating opportunities through multiple channels. like So they're getting productions from the wings, but they're also getting productions in the middle, centrally, like going down central channels. Yeah. And I think it right. has to do with, one, that the Dembele's return has helped a lot. And yep. even, even when Dembele doesn't get going, you can see his contributions. You can see what he does. You can see how he pulls defenders yes. around. You can see that he can create things from multiple different uh, channels through his individual brilliance, but also his initiatives. Like he's... He's not shy on the pitch, which is a good sign. But the other one, and like you can talk about, like we already talked about Griezmann kind of growing into this a little bit. The other one to me is like Pedri has been like a, a revelation. I think he's just been so good at so many different things. And I just kind of like his versatility. Like he can he can play in a few different positions yeah. and he always, he always yeah. contributes. And the other one, Diego, was De Jong. I feel like is starting to... Yes. Be De Jong again. For sure. And that that's a big one because De Jong, like, he can, like, sit in a deeper role, pick off passes, but he can also be in the right place at the right time to start attacks. And I think him coming yes. alive of late has been huge for you guys. Man, and, and he, you're, you're talking about a workhorse as well. I mean, the, the, his ability to be, and, and again, something we touched upon last podcast, um, his ability to make his presence felt offensively, but also then all of a sudden you see him literally, you know, tracking back, running back and, and dispossess, dispossessing a player, uh, you know, late in the game. Uh, that that's something that that you know we didn't see that much of him uh, earlier or even last season for that matter and and, mm. and you know uh, it's 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 such a welcomed uh, uh, aspect and of of his game in in, in this case because uh, it's I mean I, I I don't have these stats right now in front of me but I would like to know who of Barca is the player that you know track or, or yeah runs the most the, the player that that covers the most amount of kilometers because i i can almost guarantee that the young must be in the top two um you know he makes his presence felt all over the pitch and and um it's great it's it's like you said it's the 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 young that we are we're used to seeing at ajax and that we haven't seen that much uh, at barca until now i don't know about like kilometers run um but it, it he the young is number one in progressive distance with the ball at his feet while controlling the ball at his feet. Uh, even mm, more than okay. Messi, he he um, he covers more ground with the ball at his feet. But I don't know what it is like off the ball and stuff. I don't know how, not sure where you can get that to be measured. But um, yeah, I agree. I think he's he's been looking really good. I mean, and obviously the, the most obvious change has been just Messi being good and scoring again. I mean, he was always yes. good, but he wasn't scoring. Uh, and now that he's scoring, I think that's that's lights out pretty much done you put out a tweet where you basically blame granada for i think that second goal i think i mean I, oh I they were terrible referring to the defensively <laughs> not closing him down that that was that was an a hint of irony in that right no like what like i just saw that happen the whole way like was it i think it was the Gris- man had like three players around him no listen look at the look at the run up to that goal griezmann like he he he's the one carrying the ball and the whole time when Griezmann right. has it, like you just know that it's going to uh, Messi, 
And I just feel like they didn't even try to stop that ball going to Messi. And then when Messi gets it, I think I just think it's too late for them to close it down. That's that's what I was getting at. Right, 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 right. I, I, yeah, okay. I'll go. I'll go with you on that one. I'll go with you on that because that whole time as well, I was screaming. I'm like, pass the ball to Messi, pass it to Messi. Because uh, yeah, I mean, Messi was wide open for a long time, uh, and then when he finally did get the ball, I was like, well, now he's got. You know, I'm like, I just saw three Granada players trying to close him down, and uh, when that shot hit the back of the net, it was it was orgasmic. But and then and then later, I saw your tweet. I was going, what is this guy talking? Oh, why is Keon going to wind me up like this? What was the other one? But uh, okay. I, Huh? What was the other tweet? Other one? What? There was another. No, this tweet. Oh, that, that was that, it. That, no, just that, just that one, just that one. The the fourth goal was really but, nice too. Like the first goal was that whole that was the weird where Soldado basically passes it to Griezmann. I think it was Griezmann, right? Yes. And then they were complaining yeah, about so, it. But like, okay, I mean, well, you I, pass it to him. It's your fault. But the fourth goal was really nice. I really enjoyed Dembele's uh, pass into the box to Griezmann, whose whose control and finish was also really good. But yeah, what were you gonna say about the first goal? No, that you know, obviously, I saw a whole bunch of tweets with regards to uh, the handball and 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 the the the, the pass backwards. Now, uh, just to clarify, because you know, I, I didn't know the rule book inside out neither, so I had to look this up. So, with regards to the that initial goal, the the Griezmann golazo, uh, it was uh, it was deflected, but basically, the the Granada player was it. Was it Sol- no, I, I think it's Puertas, right? Not Soldado. Oh, I don't know. For some reason, I thought it was Soldado, but maybe you're right. So it, well, it, it comes down to basically, is it is it a rebote? So is it is it a deflection or is it a, a bad clearance? And um, apparently, and I haven't seen this footage, but this is what I, I heard uh, being discussed on the radio as well. You hear the, the referee discuss it with the player and the player admits that it was un mal despeje. So he actually talks about it being a bad clearance. Yeah. And the referee in that case in that case goes, Well then it's a valid goal because that's you know, that's on you. That's 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 your fault basically. Had it been had the ball ricocheted off of a, you know, uh, let's say the hip or something and gone to Griezmann. In that case, it would have been ruled offside, but that right. wasn't the case. Yeah, I thought it was pretty clear upon the replay because at first I was kind of shocked. I was like, oh, well, that's going to be recalled for sure. But uh, but then yeah. you realize that, no, it's like it, it was uh, basically a Granada assist. That's what it was. Therefore, it stood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anything else from Barca that stood out to you, bad or good? Uh, not. I mean, not so much. I know the majority of our listeners are Madridistas, so I don't want to, you know, be jumping up and down here neither. After uh, you know, at this point in the season, jump up and down. It's good. It's good ratings. Prolong the suffering. Nah, I'll. Uh, I don't know. I'm. I'm. I'm just happy to uh, that everybody's healthy as well. I, I have here. I'm just look glancing over notes. I thought there was a big scare at some point when both Umtiti and Dest were down and I thought KO and out for sure. Uh, but both managed to uh, pick themselves up and, and dust the dust off their knees and, and whatever was injured or, or whatever was what, knocks they gotten. Dest uh, has so been that, a little uh, bit, uh, a little bit of a rough patch. Dest, he's, he's having a rough one. He's having a rough one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, I, I feel though that, given the solid performances as well from Pedri and Dembele, that a lot of that action is coming from, you know, uh, from the left-hand side. So 
Um, yeah, but give it time, man. I'm I'm, I'm not even going to start to try to criticize Dest at this point. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go. If, if you have any criticisms or how areas where you think he can improve, I think it's just a matter of, of, of time, of minutes. Uh, luckily, Kuman, it's not that he has a lot of options anyway, but he continues to field them out there out on the pitch and, and uh, play with his teammates. And, and I think eventually he'll come into his own uh, because, you know, he's he's a very talented player and, and, and we've seen him do that with, with Ajax. So I, I still have full confidence in, in my boy Dest. Um, I also haven't been that high on Mingesa, but I got to admit he's looked really good in this string too. I think he's looked good and his, his, his on-ball... Ability is also pretty promising as well. It looks like Araujo is also the injury is not as bad as Araujo. initially thought either, yeah. right? So that that's also good news for you guys. Yeah. <clears throat> um. I just if when you look at La Liga this weekend, this weekend that just passed, that just mm-hmm. the defending from like everyone was so bad, basically, like at defending and bad giveaways in like that Celta via Real game. That was about as mm. bad as it gets from Celta in the in the scope of one half, and that the the opening like ten twenty minutes of Sevilla Real Sociedad was also ridiculous. Just and and the own goal from I Fernando mean, was absurd. Like it, I watched that replay three million yeah, times, and I still didn't understand. Yeah, yeah. It was a sorry, Carlos. sorry, Diego Carlos. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was uh, that was an entertaining game, though. Um... But and a beautiful goal by Diego Carlos for that matter. I mean, the way he lobbed his own keeper was uh, quite astonishing. It it, it kind of reminded me of, of Busi's pass back to uh, to Ter Stegen as well. Uh, more power behind it, but but uh, but massive three points for for Inesiri. I mean that that hat trick and his. I think it was his second goal where he you know dribbles right through the heart of uh, Real Sociedad's defense to, to score the 2-1 yeah. uh, was was a thing of beauty. And, and uh, uh, Real Sociedad, man, just continuing to drop down that league table, huh? I guess uh, I guess realism, reality, I should say, is, is kind of settling in. Did you see Yunus Musa's run against Valladolid? Mm, I did not. So he something I need to pick up. Yeah, you should look it up. I I, I think if you probably well, you, it's probably just in the highlight package. But if you just like search Yunus Musa on Twitter, you might see it. But it was like basically okay. Bale versus Bartra Copa del Rey final. But then oh. at the last moment, he passes it to a wide open player who I don't even remember who that was now, and the player just doesn't score. And if he and which lets Musa down a lot because if if that goes in and he gets the assist, that's going to be all over the internet but uh he didn't get it but it was uh, it was worth just looking at the run you like that guy's a talented mm-hmm. player man i've enjoyed watching him in the limited yeah. time i've seen him i've enjoyed it mm-hmm. that's all i got raptors ripped my heart out last night siakam <laughs> missed uh missed the game-winning jumper against the warriors in and out no. what and are your hopes for the raptors this season kia they're two and seven they're starting to wake up a little oh. bit um, the last two games, even though they lost last night. They've been okay. looking better, and they're getting better versions of certain players. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know. I guess probably they'll squeak into the playoffs. Oh, 
it's that bad, huh? It's not looking good right now. Yeah. So, I mean, they don't have Raptors depth. Are just in full transition. Yeah, they don't have depth. That's mm. the problem. They have, after losing Gasol and Ibaka, they just lost size and depth. And those were two leaders, too. So that's a big problem. Gasol is, and, and neither Ibaka, I think, are having a massive uh, impact, though, right now on on their respective teams. I think I haven't players. watched much of those Western Conference teams because the time zones, like, I'm usually just. Right. Passed out by then, but uh, I, I've heard Ibaka's Ibaka's playing well. Oh, okay. I think I mean Gasol. The thing is, even if he does nothing, he's just an amazing defender and he's a good passer. So, like, I think I yeah. think they feed off of that. Again, the right, leadership, right, man. Right, right. It's the leadership too. The experience, all that stuff matters. It, it does. I, I need to get into. Uh, I need to find more time to watch NBA. It's it, it annoys me greatly that with the little time that that i have you know i I, that i'm missing out on so much nba action way too much for me there's only so much you can do with uh, the time zones man because you're you're so you work so much during the day that like by the time night your body's like put me to bed i'm done i need i need you fresh for tomorrow so you just can't understandable unless you move here that's the plan would you ever move out here is that like ever is that too unrealistic kian no joke no joke before the pandemic hit, like uh, the months leading up to it, it must have, well, almost maybe a year. I think it was January, February. Mm-hmm. I, I it was a Sunday afternoon. I had off. I had uh, I was sitting there with my laptop, and there was a banner, like a pop up ad uh, for Canadian visas. <laughs> and jokingly, I filled it out. I kind of filled out my information, uh, thinking, you know, well, let's see what they kind of hit me back with not not really expecting anything i click submit now mind you i'm talking about a sunday afternoon so it must have been sunday morning over in canada i click submit not even five minutes later my phone starts ringing with a very strange international number i pick up uh, i go hello and they go hi some very friendly young lady goes Hello, uh, did you uh, request more information about a visa to Canada? (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) I mean, they must be desperate for people. And I kind of laughed. I said, well, I mean, uh, sort of. Like, I didn't even know what to do. It just caught me off guard. I don't know what I was expecting. I I don't know if it was like a PDF with some information. I definitely wasn't expecting, you know, to get called on my bluff, so to speak, and get a phone call right away and have an interview for a visa to go and work over in Canada. But uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is, look, you never know. I'm, I've, I've traveled, I've lived in, uh, what is it, six, seven countries, and I'd, I'd definitely be open to a move to Canada. Why not? I've got good friends there, which you are one of them, by the well, way. Well, that'd be, that'd be awesome. You know, I'm, uh, I often, like, the, the, the amount of times I weigh, like, living here, living in Spain, I kind of, I enjoy just, being where I am in the sense that it's a nice middle ground of kind of central, like of in the middle of where the places I want to be, because you get the benefit of just being uh-huh. around North America, all those big cities when you want to just do a quick flight or just go to maybe for podcast purposes or preseason purposes. But also, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's a nice place to be like I, I as much as like there's a lot of Canadian lifestyle things that I hate. One of them being is that you basically need to get into a car for everything. Uh, and, mm. you know, you can't always walk everything unless you live very, very central. Uh, but there are also a lot of nice things about living here, which is which is cool. If you ever moved here, we could form like a maybe some kind of podcast like hub. Uh, 
where you know we get together nice and yeah do it Don't after the that. pandemic is over you should just do it okay. do it yeah i'll, I'll call that lady plant some seeds All yeah right. and plus the kids speak english right so you're good yes yeah yes that is true i'm open for it <clears throat> uh anything else you want to discuss uh, I think that's about it, man. I think we got to wrap this bad boy up and uh, thank our listeners and our patrons uh, for their loyalty. Please continue to listen to us. Please continue to subscribe. Please join us on Patreon as well because I got to tell you, there is a difference in tone when it comes to our Monday pods and Friday pods. Wouldn't you say? Yes. Yeah. A little bit more raw yeah. on Fridays. So. A little bit more raw. I, 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 even I almost get Kian to open up and to give us some political inputs as well from time to time. Not, not a lot, not a lot, but, but a little bit. Um, and yeah, it's, it's the Friday pods are fun. A little bit more raw. And this week we have Copa games, super Copa games. That is. So we Holy have, shit. yeah, that's yes, this week. So Real Madrid plays on Thursday. Do Barca play this Thursday? On Wednesday, Wednesday. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So Barca Sociedad on yeah. Wednesday, uh, Barca Real Sociedad on Wednesday. I know people hate when you just say Sociedad. And then Real Madrid Athletic Club on Thursday. And then yeah. Churros on Friday. Over on patreon.com slash churros y tacticas. And only and exclusively on patreon.com slash churros y tacticas. So if you like our work, support the show, get access to cool things. Yeah. Diego, this was fun, my friend. Always is. That's it. And we'll wrap yes. here and chat Friday. Take care, buddy. You too. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.